So I want to look at uh, a passage from Book of Judges, chapter 10, verse 6 to 16, for today's meditation. Judges, chapter 10, verse 6 to 16. Then the sons of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they sowed the Baals and the Ashtoreth and the gods of Aram, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of the sons of Ammon, and the gods of the Philistines. So they abandoned the Lord and did not serve him. And the anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he sold them into the hands of the Philistine and into the hands of the sons of Ammon. And they afflicted and oppressed the sons of Israel that year. For 18 years, they oppressed all the sons of Israel who were beyond the Jordan in Gilead in the land of the Amorites. And the sons of Ammon crossed the Jordan to fight against, also against Judah, Benjamin, and the house of Ephraim, so that Israel was greatly in difficulty. Then the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord, saying, We have sinned against you, for indeed we have abandoned our God and served the Baals. And the Lord said to the sons of Israel, Did I not save you from the Egyptians, the Amorites, the sons of Ammon, and the Philistines? And when the Sidonians and the Amalekites and the Maonites oppressed you, you cried out to me, and I saved you from their hands. Yet you abandoned me and served other gods. Therefore, I will no longer save you. Go and cry out to the gods which have, you have chosen. Let them save you in the time of your distress. Then the sons of Israel said to the Lord, We have sinned. Do to us whatever seems good to you. Only please save us this day. So they removed the foreign gods and among them and served the Lord. And he could no longer endure the misery of Israel. I want to focus on two statements, brief statements in this passage. In verse 13, the Lord says, I will no longer save you. But then in verse 16, we read, he, that is the Lord, could no longer endure the misery of Israel. Let me set a context for this passage before we find an application to help us in our prayer today. Now, in the book of Judges, as you all know, there are six cycles, some consider seven cycles of sin, servitude, supplication, and salvation. Now, this particular passage comes in the fifth cycle, sometimes after the disastrous rule of Abimelech, one of the sons of Gideon. I think a while ago, uh, Stephen shared for us from this life of Gideon how, in his humility, God used him to deliver Israel. However, somewhere down the line, Gideon failed. The specific issue seems to affect the people of Israel later on. On his return from the battle, when the people offered him the kingship, in his humility, he refuses it. But at the same time, he asks the people to give the earrings that are collected from the enemy. And out of those earrings, he makes an ephod. We read in Judges chapter 8, verse 27, and Gideon made an ephod thereof and put it in his city, even in Ophrah, and all Israel went thither warring after it, which thing became a snare unto Gideon and to his house. Now, what was the outcome of this snare? Although in all humility, when he came and he refused to be a king over them, and he said, not me, not my children will be ruling over you, sometime after that, he names one of his sons from a concubine, Abimelech, which means son of a king. So this Abimelech grows up, with the notion that he's a king's son, and eventually he legitimizes us by killing 69 sons of Gideon and also oppresses Israel for a long time. So that is how it became a snare for the house of Gideon. 
And then after him, we have a couple of judges. We don't see much about them written in the Bible. So then comes this passage that I just read in chapter 10 of Judges. So the people fall into sin again. They forsake God and go after other gods, which were in the land before they were brought into Canaan. And because of the sin, God hands them over to servitude of their enemies. In all the previous cycles, they were handed over to only one enemy. They had to contend with one of the enemies. But in this particular time, we see them being handed over to Ammonites on the east and Philistines on the west. So they're oppressed from all around with nowhere to turn to. And then they go to God. They cry out to God saying, Lord, deliver us from this time. And God says, I will never, I will not deliver you anymore. Go and cry to other gods whom you have chosen. Let them deliver you in the time of your tribulation. But then when the people follow up their cry by putting away other gods and started serving the Lord, it is written that the Lord could no longer endure their misery. And we know how the story ends. Later on, God raises Jephthah as a judge and delivers them. I think a few days back, Matt was sharing from the life of Jesus how he was he was moved with compassion on many a times and how that he wept over the situation of the people and he exhorted us that we must have the similar compassion when we, we are praying for salvation of people and when we deal with people. And when we are dealing, praying for revival in this prayer meeting, we acknowledge that there is sin in us. We have broken homes, broken relationships, broken families, and we have broken society. And somehow we have served other gods Perhaps none of us in this prayer meeting are serving other gods. We are put away the other gods. But even then, we have called to be standing in the gap, as I think uh, Mark was uh, telling us the other day, that we have to stand in the gap and repent on behalf of our families, our churches and our communities. And the Lord will once again look on us with mercy. He will once again, as we cry unto him, he will move with compassion. I remember a statement made by one of a preacher. He said, God is very faithful to all his promises, but is not so very faithful to his bad promises. God is very faithful to all his good promises, but not so faithful to his bad promises. What he meant was that God is faithful to all the promises that he has made because he cannot deny himself. But whenever he threatens judgment, he relents when people repent. We see that again and again in the story of Israel, Whenever God threatened them with judgment that he will destroy them, when it was Moses or some of the servants of God interceded, it is written that God repented of the evil that he intended to do against his people. So even though in this 10th chapter of Judges, we see God said, I'll never deliver you anymore. But as soon as they repented, we read there that he could no longer endure their misery. The mercy of God triumphs all the time over the judgments that he pronounces. So today, as we get into this prayer time, it is my heart desire and prayer that God will look on our misery. It may be about our children who have, who have gone astray into horrific sin. It may be about unsaved family members like spouses or children or parents. It could be the situation that we see in our churches, in our communities and society and the nation. May the Lord look on us as we earnestly seek him in repentance. And may it be written about us also that he could no longer endure our misery. I just want to close reading a passage from Psalms chapter 36, verse 5 to 10. That will help us to set our context for our prayer today. 
Psalms 36, verse 5 to 10. Your mercy, Lord, extends to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Your righteousness is like the mountain of God. Your judgments are like the great deep. Lord, you protect mankind and animals. How precious is your mercy, God. And the sons of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They drink their fill of the abundance of your house. And you allow them to drink from the river of your delights. For the fountain of life is with you. In your light, we see light. Prolong your mercy to those who know you and your righteousness to the upright of heart. May the Lord bless his word.